it's time for announcements. Hey, coming up a week from Wednesday, September 21st, uh, is our Night Watch event. That's a night where we have some intimate worship and intercessory prayer. Uh, we'll just really be spending some time uh, w- without being in a rush. We'll, b- we'll be there and we'll wait on the Lord and we'll pray. Uh, if you would like to get ministered to, that's going to be a great uh, time to be at church. That's Wednesday, September 21st, 6.30 p.m. You won't want to miss it. Also coming up in a few weeks, one more youth. We'll be meeting again October 5th at 6.30. That's for middle schoolers and high schoolers, 6th through 12th grade are welcome. Uh, bring your bring your kids to that if you're watching. If you are a teenager in that age range, come on over. Uh, it's a great time. Also, October 12th, uh, we'll be doing another jam night. Uh, that's, that's a night where we have all of our musicians come over and, and play along. And vocalists, you're welcome to sing along with us, too. Uh, that's a great event. October 12th, it's another Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. And I can't believe we're announcing this already, but our Fall Fest is approaching October 28th. That'll be a great night for all the kids. We have some very special guests who are planning on being here that evening to help us. So... You won't want to miss it. Just keep that uh, in your the back of your brains, you know, because that's where you keep information, the back of your brain, okay? Maybe. I don't know. Where do we need? I'm not a brain doctor. What I am, though, is ready for church. Are you ready? Here we go. Woo! Everybody online, welcome. We're getting ready to jump in and uh, glad to have you with us. Worship was great earlier, and so we're, we're excited to be able to spend that same time with you. Then we'll be back in our message on the fight, the spiritual battle. We're talking today about the manifold wisdom of God in the church. So get your Bibles, get ready. Here we go. Woo! Good morning, everyone. It's great to see your faces and hear your voices. Love seeing us all getting together and visiting. I do have to sneeze, so if I look away really quick. Apologize in advance. Um, tight. Yes, thank you. In advance. I'm going to tell you guys what we'll be attempting to do. In case you didn't know, we are going to start things off with communion. And Pastor Steve is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship, which we have been having a lot of doing. And uh, we always enjoy getting to lead you guys into the throne room with all, all together as a family. After worship... Miss Alice is going to lead the kids through a Bible verse, and then we'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in the fight part nine today, and uh, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. But before we begin, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? We welcome your presence today, Papa. We're here desperate for you. And we thank you that you say you will meet us when we gather, when we meet, when we ask. We just ask for a spirit of rest and a spirit of peace this morning. We thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives, God. We thank you for the way that you've met us in the last week in the big ways and the small ways. 
You're amazing. Help us to draw closer to you, Papa. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this comment. Merciful God, by whose grace alone your faithful people offer you true and worthy service. Grant that we may follow and serve you faithfully in this life so that we do not fail to obtain your heavenly promises in the life to come. Through the blessings of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Pastor Steve. Amen. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. And during the Last Supper of Passover celebration, the cup of sanctification and the cup of plagues have been poured and celebrated. Jesus take the third cup, the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There was a friends that night. Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance, a remembrance that we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said to his friends, from now on, when you gather together, I want you to remember me. And that's what we do. We remember Jesus, all that he's said, all that he's done, all that he's promised to do, and that he's coming back for us soon. So the elements of communion are here on this table, the bread and the cup and these handy little packets. And as the spirit leads, come, partake, remember, give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thanks, dad. It's great having you do communion for us. We are going to enter into our time of worship, and I'd encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst here this morning. We'll see the words pop up on the screens. I'd encourage you guys to sing along, worship out loud. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. We raise a hallelujah.
giving up his life The darkest day in history There on a cross they made for sinners For every curse his blood atoned One final breath and it was finished We could have known For the earth began to shake And the veil was torn But a sacrifice was made As the heavens roll
for this time of worship in your presence. We're thankful, God, that you've never lost a battle and you never will. 
Lord God, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us? Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. And hey, Mama, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? I'd be happy to, son. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Hi. <laughs> I know. They're ready. Oh, let me see your shirt. It's Spider-Man. That is very cool. And it's got, it's got shiny things. Hi. Good morning. How is everybody today? Good? Yeah. Pastor Georgina, how you doing, Jade? Did you get baptized yesterday? Yeah. You did. High five, girl. That was so much fun. Okay, so listen. Pastor Georgina and Pastor Fran are on a little vacation, and so is Hannah, right? We all know Hannah, right? So Miss Alice is going to do your Bible verse with you this week. Is that good? Is that okay? Yeah, it'll pass, right? Thank you, honey. I heard that you're studying about Elijah this week, and he does some really cool things. And he loves God, but he was just a normal guy. Sometimes, sometimes his heart was soft, and sometimes it wasn't. But Elijah did some cool things, and you're going to learn about it in Sunday school today. Some of the cool things, okay? Our Bible verse is out of 1 Kings, and it's 1837. It says, Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have brought them back to themselves. To yourself, I'm sorry. You guys ready? Okay. You okay, sweetheart? I like your earrings. Very pretty. All right. You guys repeat after me. You ready? 1 Kings 18.37. Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought Back to yourself. Back to yourself. Wonderful. Good job, kiddos. Here, you guys. You guys want some stickers? Look at that doggy has teeth. Like people teeth. How you doing, Tyler? Will you pass some of those out for me? What did you get? Okay. Uh, it looks like a bull terrier. Okay, everybody. That's a dachshund. Very good. Okay, do you guys remember how Pastor Georgina taught us how to pray? Hey, one, two. It always works for her. It's not working for me. Okay, ready, guys? Bow your heads and close your eyes, and let's think about God. Father, I am amazed by your goodness on display in the faces of these children today. Lord, I pray that you bless them. I pray that they would remember the lesson, but I also would pray that they would remember how much they're loved. 
by you and by their families. Protect them all the days of their life. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. Have a good time in Children's Church, everybody. I needed help for my son to get up. (laughs) Got it? Good morning. Welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you here. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Glad you're here as well. Glad you survived the children. Thank you. I had Douglas go and help, so yeah, it's a good thing. Ah, we're very glad to have you with us. Um, we've had a we had a great day. I, I just wanted so we baptized eleven people yesterday out of Bayahana, and I, I say that because it's so cool. And I was as when we every time we go out there, I think about how many people that we've baptized out there. And I, I never, ever want to take that for granted, how blessed we are to be in this little place. And like year after year after year, we, we baptize over 100 people every year, and we see hundreds of people get saved every year. And that's in a little tiny place. And it's the faithfulness of God and, and being the group that you are. So thank you that those things happen. It's very cool. We, had a, we just had a blast yesterday morning out there. So that was awesome. It was a beautiful day. Uh, if you're a first-time guest or visitor, that QR code that just popped up is for you. If you point your smart device at it, the camera on, you will get a link to our digital connect card. That would ask for your name and your phone number and email address. And we will be sending you, if you fill that out, a number of texts and emails over the next five or six weeks. So we would love for you to do that. We also have a gift for first-time guests back at guest services. There's a lot of G words in there. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on the way out and uh, pick up your gift. We'd love for you to have that. We also pray for our neighbors here uh, at this point of the service every time we gather. This is to reinforce our heart for you to be praying for your neighbors on a daily basis. That's a, it's a huge deal. And so when we gather, we will do it together corporately. And so just think about a couple of your neighbors right now. Kind of get them in your mind's eye and let's go to the Lord. Papa, we pray for our neighbors. We lift them up to you, Lord. We ask, God, that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways, and you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. And help us, God, to be good neighbors and to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep it up. That's huge. Prayer. It's not the last resort. It's the first one. And uh, it's what it's what sort of what's that when you when you stir the ground up before you do seeds? It's called is it plowing? Whatever. You stir the ground up. The farmer. Yeah, that's the that's the farmer in me there, little Missy. (laughs) (laughs) We're in a series called the fight, talking about spiritual battle. And, oh, yeah, we wanted to take a moment as well. And it's uh, five years ago, many of you yesterday-ish were dealing with the impacts of Irma. And uh, 
life-changing, you know, in many, many ways. And, and we're five years in, and what we thought, though, we'd just take a moment, and I want to pray for you, and I want to pray, you know, perhaps it, it, uh, the whole thing is still sort of lingering and impacting you in ways that uh, I would just like to pray that in that space that you would be encouraged and that you would find rest and hope and peace and that uh, knowing the amazing hope that we have, uh, you, you would just be healed from some of those things that perhaps you're still carrying with you. And so, Lord, we pray and ask that you would bring healing into uh, those painful things in our lives, uh, and uh, particularly as they relate back to the events of Irma. But we thank you that you're a good God and that you have done so many amazing things for us and in us and through us. And our hope and our rest and our eyes are on you. And continue to have your way in us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, Jokes. Jokes. How much room do fungi need to grow? I have no idea. As mushroom as possible. (laughs) You got to laugh on that one, baby. I hear hear that Botox is on sale everywhere for 75% off. That deal should raise a few eyebrows. See, now, this one completely bombed last service. It, yes, it, yes. But this is, I think, yeah. a better group. You're setting them up. What doesn't taste as good as it looks? Eyes. That's just creepy, right? <laughs> well, not like you eat the eyes. It's, it's a whole... Eats the eyes. I know, but what doesn't taste as good as it looks? I don't think anybody's connecting with this joke. There you go. Not in the way that I did it, two in the morning one week. Okay. There you go. I'm not doing the next one. We're going to move to you because... Okay, you done? It's been hard enough. All right. (laughs) Please pray for us and... Very good. Lead us in the reading of the Word. I so appreciate you praying for us um, about Irma. I always feel, and I remember the date, the 10th, because right after that is the 11th, right? September 11th. So it's like a double whammy of grief. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, may you be blessed today and encouraged, and may those places of darkness turn to light. Amen? Let's go ahead and, and press into Papa real quick before we read the word together. Lord, we do thank you for this day, and I am so reminded that unless we come to you as little children, the kingdom of God is not within our reach. And so, Papa, today, open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears, Father. Let us put away the cynicism and the the doubt, and let us just embrace your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? This is a good chunk of scripture, and it's Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles... Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. 
This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Blessed be his word. You can be seated. Coffee is so good. Okay, so we have spent eight weeks really setting the foundation for where we're going to head over the next ten weeks or so. And um, it was important, I think, that we have this sort of theological foundation to press into what spiritual battle really is because I think oftentimes we get sort of misdirected on the journey. And we have an enemy who tries to distract us, and so there's a lot of things at work. So we wanted to set in a place like all the cast of characters, like you saw how, you know, why evil exists. You've heard now about the fallen Elohim and how they got authority and where. Uh, You've seen the rebellions that um, we were involved with. Uh, You've seen how now Jesus has come in answer to uh, all those rebellious things that we did and also in fulfilling the covenants. And Jesus came, big deal. He defeated death on the cross and rose again, uh, paying for our sin. Uh, He ascended, and then Holy Spirit came fulfilling that new covenant, The Holy Spirit now empowers us because he lives in us. He empowers us to be his witnesses. And then last week, uh, Pastor Doug did a review on the on the fruit of the Spirit, which was really important because we did that whole series on the fruit of the Spirit before this one on purpose so that we would all be now at this place where we understand uh, what's going on, who's involved in the battle, how we got here, and then very, very important that we, filled with Holy Spirit, uh, and being people who allow that fruit to happen in the world around us. Now we think about engaging in the battle and why we have a battle to engage in. So that's where we're at after these many weeks. And uh, I'm going to talk uh, a little about the church today. And then next week we're going to talk about the now and the not yet just a little bit. Then we're going to do the Lord's Prayer. And then we're moving into the armor of God, all of which I'm very excited about. And, and so you have a little layout of where we're going, a little syllabus in what's coming next. Today I want to press into two verses that Alice read, verses 10 and 11 of Ephesians uh, chapter 3. We'll spend a lot of time over the rest of this series in Ephesians. It's extremely powerful. But his intent, verse 10, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms 
according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, and so I think that passage raises four really cool questions that we're going to try and answer today. What is the church? What is the manifold wisdom? Who are the rulers and authorities? And how do we make it known? Because that's at the heart of what's happening as we press into this idea of battle. And it starts with this. What is the church? I have this thought, I've, I've had this thought all week, that, that this is sort of the pivotal point about understanding spiritual battle. And that if we don't sort of settle this, we'll, we'll never engage in the battle the way that we're called to. We'll, we'll get off track in, in what we're doing. And so we need to understand this question and be able to answer this question. What is the church? And so the word church, when you, when you see that in the Bible, the word church, you need to know that it's not referring to, in the Scripture, a specific place um, or a building. Uh, it's not a facility. It's none of those things. Whenever you read about the church in the Bible, it's always about people. Always about people. It's either the people um, who have come to know Christ from, from the time that that was possible a couple of thousand years ago. It's either about that, or it, it could be about a group of believers in a specific place. But it's always, always, always about people. So, so if you are a follower of Christ, if you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and filled with the Holy Spirit, you're a part of the body of Christ, the church. And that's really important. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. And God placed all things under his feet and Jesus had appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And so being a part of the church... Is, is so amazing, and yet I, I think that we've lost sight of what it really means. And, and I, I also would say, and I've made this point, that our enemy is extremely intelligent. Don't ever sort of write them off as not being really crafty and deceptive, because sneaky, because they are. And here's one of the things that I think they've done when it comes to the idea of church. So you need to know that you are the church. This building isn't the church, um, that you, the people here. Right now, you're the church gathered corporately. When you leave this building, whenever that happens over the next period of time, you're still the church. You'll just be the church being the church everywhere you go. See, that's what it means to be the church. You're, you're the part of the body of Christ. You're the family of God. That's the church. I think what's happened, and that the enemy is behind it, is instead of that being how we understand church, at this point in time, uh, in, in where you know history is and culture is, is that church has become something that we do, not the reality of that is actually who we are. Why is that important? Well, it's even snuck into the way we talk about it. For instance, last night when I was heading over here, uh, I come on Saturday nights, Alice usually stays home because she's here three times Sunday, and that's a lot to have to listen to me. So, um, so I don't make it before, right? That's just, that's like torture at that point. <laughs> Once, twice, three, wow, three times. Okay. So, as I was leaving, I, I, I gave her a kiss, said goodbye, and said, hey, I'm going to church. 
And that thinking is kind of there without us realizing it. So many of you today, you just said, okay, it's time to, we're going to church, which is cool. I'm so glad that you do that. But what we have to be careful of is that church doesn't just become something that we do. And, it, and because when it becomes something that we do, it sort of ends up on a list of other things that we do, right? And we just check them off, which is what we do. It becomes part of the list, you know, okay, go to church, start a diet, <laughs> exercise. And when it's something you do, it's kind of easy to move it down in priorities on your list. Or you think, okay, well, I've done that, and I check it off. See, that's, that's not what happens. It's not something that you do. You are the church. It's who you are. It's ongoing. It's not, okay, well, I've done that, and I can take it off my list. No. I, I, I love that you come to gather here. I love that you watch online. That's all really important. But when we complete this, church isn't done. You don't get to check it off. In fact, that's where it really engages. When you leave the building, that's when you're really in it, empowered by Holy Spirit, to go and do the things that we're called to do. Here is kind of a, a place to gather and to hang out and, and to encourage and to be refreshed and restored. And, and I, this is so important to me. Like, I don't want people to have this list that they check off and that their thought is all, I have to go to church. I don't even like that idea. You, you should be, hey, it's the day when we get to gather. And I get that it's hard because God works a lot of stuff out in the mix of this because, you know, iron sharpens iron and, and, you know, fruit is developed in context of relationships and we're all broken people and we get together, but it should still be something that we go, but I know that they love Jesus and I know that they love me and I love them and I want to be with them. It's like um, if you're if you're blessed to be in a in a family uh, that that you really look forward to family gatherings. Uh, it's it's like the other you know I know some of you belong in families and your family puts the fun in dysfunction, um, <laughs> and it's less fun for those things. So that illustration might. But it's like hey, this is our chance when, when we have a gathering to hang out, to be together, to enjoy it. And it's, it's like a taste. It should be a taste of almost of new creation. Part of the problem that the church has is that we mess ourselves up all the time. And, and, and for some people, church became some, oh, I have to go do that, and they're going to yell at me, and they're going to pick on me, and I'm going to feel terrible when I leave. That, to me, should never be the case. That's not what's going on. We're, we're the family of God. We get together. We encourage. We build up. And it's this new creation idea. You know, Sabbath. The way Sabbath was created is that one day every week, the people of God were to get a taste of new creation. That's why they didn't work and everything was ready and they hung out with God and they enjoyed their family because that's what we're heading towards. That's what we're supposed to be. Now they messed that all up by putting and dropping all kinds of heavy rules and regulations on it. It was never intended to be that. It was supposed to be this time when, when one day a week, hey, we don't have to work and we just get to hang out and enjoy each other and enjoy God and, ah, oh, that's what it's, and I, see, that's what I think the corporate gatherings are supposed to be like. I have that in my mind when we do some of the things that we do. Like, like I think it's a, cool thing when you can get a really good cup of coffee and it's just free it's just there if you want it and if you don't like coffee i'm sorry but we have really good coffee we we go to babies and buy that stuff in bulk and grind it out back early in the morning and then ah it's 
it's a, it's a little taste of new creation. Do you know, in new creation, when you're hungry, food will just be there. That's the heart of God. It always had been. You'll just pick and take. And so I, I want you to come here. If you're hungry, you just go to the food truck and you get what you want. You're not paying for that. You're just, then I have a, oh, and those sandwiches, I can't eat them very often because we don't, we don't, for whatever reason, we don't need a whole lot of flour. But I have had a bite or two. Those sandwiches popping out of that steamer, if you never had one, go taste it. That's again, sort of a manna taste. <laughs> Look, that's, that's how it should be. That, that's my hope, is that, that, that we gather, and it's so cool, because we're the family of God. And that's what's supposed to be happening. So, so we gather like that, but then we go from here encouraged, and we're, we're to be the church, because that's who we are. It's not a checklist. You, you hear me? I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just saying, that's one of the big things the enemy has shifted the church into in the last hundreds of years, is that it just became this thing that, okay, well, we have to do church, and now it's off the list, and now, now, we're the church, that's who we are, that's what we do. What's the manifold wisdom, then, that's talked about in that passage? Here's another passage that goes along with it, 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 24, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For it's written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where's the wise person? Where's the teacher of the law? Where's the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews, that's people from Israel, demand signs. Greeks, that's non-people from Israel, Gentiles, look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews, foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. See, the, the, the manifold wisdom of God is, is really two things. And it, it goes contrary to the wisdom of the world. And you, you can see that everywhere. And that wisdom of the world, who's behind that? You get that now, right? It's, it's, it's the evil Elohim and all of their sort of cohorts and everything that's going on. And they keep coming up with more and more things that are contrary to the truth which is that God has made a way for us to be reconciled back to him. That's part of the manifold wisdom of God. Jesus came and made a way for everyone to be reconciled, and we laid out the foundation for that in the first eight weeks of why there was a problem in our rebellion and how he took it. But beyond that, what he did was not only make a way for us to be reconciled, he purchased for himself there on the cross his new family, and that's us. And, and what he's done is given us back the vocation that we had when creation happened. We've talked about that a lot. We're the royal priesthood. God, because he's God, wants to partner with us to make a difference on the planet. That plan hasn't changed. And so we're back involved. And so the manifold wisdom of God is that not only is there a way back to Jesus, which is huge, but then now we're a part of partnering with God to help people know that in a world and a culture that thinks that every other way ought to happen and is very uh, <laughs> taking a lot of effort to push the church out of the way. Culturally, for many, many people, the church is the problem. And so we got to get them out of the way. And it's sneaky and deceptive. It's not people doing that. It's what's behind people. We've talked about that. 
And we've messed up too because we haven't been representing the way that we should and we, we can get all self-righteous. You know, we'll talk about that more in the weeks ahead. But, but see, we're not the problem. We introduce the solution to the problem, to the world. And that's what we're called to do. And, and that's the manifold wisdom of God. Jesus has made a way back, and he's purchased us as his family, and he's given us our vocation again, partnering with him, making a difference in the planet. And, and so as we continue to read on, now you know this, because we talk about the rulers and authorities. It's one of Paul's favorite expressions. When you read it, you know he's talking about these fallen Elohim. And it, it shows up in other places in Ephesians. Ephesians 6, 11 and 12. And we'll be digging in this in the weeks ahead. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And again, he's schemes. He's wily. They're everywhere. We need to be aware of them. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, which is what he tries to turn it to. It's never against people. It's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark, this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil, where? In the heavenly realms. So when you read about rulers and authorities in heavenly realms now, my, my hope is you don't kind of pass it off. Well, it's the heavenly realms. They must be the good guys. No, that's there's the heaven and earth sort of cosmic battle going on, right? They overlap, and we know where they come from. Uh, it shows up here, uh, Ephesians 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. There's all these connections to rebellion, and before you knew Jesus, that's how you lived. There's no neutral in this battle. We'll talk about that. You're either in the kingdom of God or you're not, and by default, you're in a bad kingdom. And so that's what happens. And so the rulers and authorities that we read about, that's the enemy and the kingdom of darkness. We need to be aware of that. And they are intent on the destruction of God's human family. And you know why now, because we talked about that. That's their goal. And even though they're defeated, they're not departed. They continue to do that and to blind people from the truth that Jesus wants to come and set them free. And so that's how this whole thing lines up. And the church needs to understand this battle and what's going on and and then take our part in it. But I want you to know this too, that another distraction can be, because we've talked about where the battle really lies, it's against these fallen Elohim and what they've done. But it's not that we go directly after them. That's not what we're called to. The way that we engage in this battle as the church is that we move into the world and we bring light into darkness. And it happens one person at a time. See, that's, that's what everybody has to get a hold of. If you, if you look at it, well, the battle's too big. I can't do it. What difference can I make as one person? As one person, you can have a huge difference because you can love and encourage and move people towards coming to know Jesus. And it takes every one of us to do that. How do we, how do we, how do we make that wisdom known? How do we, how do we help with this? Well, just by, by, you know, realizing who we are, that we're the church and then living this thing out to, to the best of our ability, the way he called us to like this in the same way, let your light shine before others. You see some connections happening here. How do you, how do you live? Your light, let, let your light shine through. Let not your self-righteousness, not your judgment, not your criticism, not the mean thing that we can get on us sometimes because we think we've got it all figured out and nobody else does and we're going after flesh and blood without realizing it. But let your light 
shine through the same light that touched you and brought you into the kingdom. That people may see your good deeds because you're just loving them and the fruit's coming out and you're being kind. I love when Doug said so many kindness, when you demonstrate kindness to someone, you can completely undo them sometimes because they're so not ready for it because it just doesn't happen much anymore. There's, we, we, we just don't do... And that goes with the rest of the fruit, too. There's just not much. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. We just don't see it much. And we're to do that. And that glorifies God. Ephesians 2.10. We are God's handiwork. I love that word, handiwork. You're, you're his masterpiece. His poema is the actual word. You're like his poem. And he created you in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he's prepared in advance to you. He's created you in, in such a way that the person that you are in the family of God as part of the church has an impact in the world and will impact people in ways that other people aren't going to be able to. And that's why it's so important that you get a hold of this and that you live that thing as well. God created you for it. He moved you in that direction. This is that twofold manifold wisdom thing in this verse, Titus 2.4. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that is very own. That's our reconnected back to God. But look at the second part. Eager to do what is good. If he's connected with the family, he's given us vocation, and off we go. And so the, the church's mission seat is that we do that. We live this thing out. We, we connect with the fruit of the Spirit that we talked about. And then we understand that this battle is it's not flesh and blood. But we put on the armor so that understanding all of the schemes and the tricks and the traps and the deceptions of the evil one and hopefully catching on to them before we move in, in dis, you know, being distracted. But we understand that. But then we go out into the world and we love people with the fruit of the Spirit you know, helping us and empowering us so that they can come to know Jesus one at a time. That's, you, you know, you, it's the, the, the job is too big to think about the whole thing. But just like an old, I just had an old thing flapping in my mind. I've probably said this a lot, but we used to, when we were really busy, maybe you know this, it's like, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How do we do this mission? One person at a time. One person at a time. One person at a time. That's why every time I, I know somebody comes to know Jesus, I'm like, yes. Every time somebody gets baptized, yes. Because that's what it's all about. One at a time. Makes a difference. We all engage there. All right. That's enough for today. We'll be talking about the now and the not yet next week and then moving towards into the Lord's Prayer and how that all ties together. So uh, you just be led by God. Live as small working models of new creation that's what it's all about. Ministry team, those here, why don't you head over to the wall? People on the way over to the wall here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. But let me say this again. All of this starts by knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's at the heart of this whole thing, being reconciled to God. And, and he invites us into his story. The way that we receive and accept that invitation is we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths, Jesus is Lord. That's how everything starts for you if you haven't done that. And I want to encourage you today, if you're sitting in the room, if you're watching online, that you start there if you never have. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And that simple prayer offered in faith is the beginning of everything eternally for you. And that's my heart. Don't let another day go by. Jesus, will you be 
my Lord, my Savior. Amen. That's where it all begins. Um, Angie had such a good word during worship about remembering is healing. And I think especially during these these two days, as we look back and remember Irma and, and the events that happened in our country, when you do it with the Lord, there's healing. And so for those of you that are discouraged or, or upset or maybe darkness about that, just pray that the Lord would show you the light in those things and get some prayer this morning if you need it. Amen. Amen. Good word. Church, thanks again for your amazing generosity, your faithfulness to giving and offering and tithing and all the cool things you do. We, it's so cool to be involved in this community. I, I mentioned this last service. I want to say it again. So, you know, we send that food truck out all over the place all week long. And last weekend, we had four different groups of people who came to church for the first time because they'd been ministered to by that truck. And so, whew, I love that stuff. Thank you for doing all of that. That's very cool. And doxology and dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Prayer is over there. If you need it, we'll have these doors open for you so you can head out that way. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins, especially for Douglas' sake. It's the Dolphins. And... uh, We'll see you guys soon. God bless you. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for being a part, everybody. We love you guys. Next week, the now and the not yet is where we're heading. And and so that'll be awesome. And uh, we hope you have a great day and that your team wins. And we have a new recipe for guac, don't we? We do. We're yeah. going to try guac for short for, for guacamole. Game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Have a great day, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.